Hi guys, welcome back to Black and Behind the Scenes. I am your host, Antoinette. Um, yes, I have been gone for a, a year, a whole year at this point. Um, and I apologize for the hiatus. Um, I actually uh, took some time off and I planned on taking time off to um, have my son, actually. So yeah, I became a mommy um, this past year and um, I had originally, um, I've known that in last October that I was pregnant, so I knew that I was going to be taking off 2020 um, just to be with family and kind of just get things together. Lo and behold, the whole pandemic hit and we ended up staying home all the time anyway. So um, I guess it was a good thing that I had already planned on taking this time off, but it really solidified itself once the pandemic hit, I guess. So um yeah uh there are a few changes to black and behind the scenes just due to the pandemic um as of right now i will be the only host of black and behind the scenes um moving forward um hopefully that will change but we'll see what you know what new directions and things we're gonna how we're gonna move into new spaces in the new year so we'll see um but for today's episode thank you for joining again and i hope you stick with me through this new process and journey um Again, like I said, I am currently balancing motherhood, work, and starting the visual part of the podcast um, as well. So if you are just listening, um, I also encourage you to log on to YouTube and join us at Black and Behind the Scenes on YouTube and subscribe to that channel because I'll be having some cool things coming on that end um, as well. So today I want to jump into some of the biggest stories um, for 2020 that's happened in the industry. This year has been, I, I have no words for what this year has been as of now. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been going through, you know, a lot of pain um, with the pandemic that has occurred and just with a lot of life things that have been occurring lately. And if you have been affected in this, my heart um, goes out to you as well as prayers. And I hope that you and your family are staying safe and safe and healthy during this time. Um, it's just been really traumatic on a lot of different ends. Personally, I've been furloughed from work. Um, that has been a good thing as far as my personal life because I've been able to stay home with my son longer. However, um, as far as other things, it's it's taken a toll, um, but it's also told me that I need to take more risk in life. And so I'm trying to um, push the podcast forward and do more things that I wanted to do on this end and make this more of a journey um, for my creativity um, to keep that going because I it's just what I love to do. So with that being said, guys, um, enough of me being on my soapbox. I'm going to step off. And um, now I'm going to, like I said, go over the big stories of 2020 for the Hollywood industry and how it affected Black Hollywood. Um, so some of the top stories, the first is the pandemic and how it affected, how it affect Hollywood and the effects that, it's ha that it has had on Hollywood itself. Um, of course, the movie theater shut down, right? Um, as you all know, I have always been a huge advocate that we should be able to have the option of watching uh, theatrical releases at home as well as in the theaters. Um, this is before I even had my son. I always wanted to be able to have the best of both worlds. Hey, if I don't want to go to the theater, I'm a homebody. I just want to stay at home and, you know, watch the next big movie coming out. Um, 
But if I so choose to go to the theater, if it's like something that I really want to go see, like, you know, um, Black Panther or like something that has a huge release, I'll go to the theater and see it. Um, but that never happened until the pandemic hit and they had the theaters or the movie industry itself had no choice but to shift their way of thinking to um, releasing movies on VOD or on streaming services or on other platforms besides in the theater because of course no one wants to go into the theater with all the germs and things like that with the pandemic and coronavirus and us being on shutdown lockdown okay given now had the industry tested this model prior to the pandemic happening I think the effects of it wouldn't have been as horrible as it has been but unfortunately because this theory or this um business model was not you know worked out it just was a cluster mess um one huge uh summer blockbuster that was supposed to come out was Tenet and that starring John David Washington um you guys know him from Ballers as well as some other, I'm trying to think of another movie he was in, but Ballers more so was one of his first um, big roles that he had. Um, so that was a movie that was about um, him embarking on the dangerous time-bending mission to prevent World War III from happening. I'm actually really interested in seeing this movie and this was originally supposed to be released July 17th and then that was pushed back three times before actually being released um, September 3rd. Um, another movie that was pushed back was Soul and that was a Pixar animated film that was just released on Christmas Day starring Jamie Foxx um, who was the first African-American protagonist to play in a Pixar film. The initial release date for that was June 19th and then it was pushed back to October 11th and now it as I just said it was released on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Another huge movie that was had a big release date for the Christmas or holiday season was Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Of course, this is the sequel to Coming to America that was released in the 1980s. Um, the initial release date for this movie was supposed to be December 18th, and the estimated cost to produce this movie was $60 million. And then the huge news dropped, um, I believe in October, that Amazon Studios bought the film for $125 million. Now, the reason why I said it was the cost of the film was $60 million was because they basically Amazon Studios came in and gave the studio uh, Universal, I believe, that did this film. Um, I will double check that. But yeah, I'm not sure who produced it. But anyway, the point is the the film made the it, its money back. So the investment that they invested into the film, they made that back um, as soon as they sold it to Amazon Studios. So that's fantastic but now instead of the movie being released in December around the holiday season which I thought that oh great you know it's going to be released in December now it's going to be released right around the holiday time I thought they were still going to keep the same release date but unfortunately not it's it's being pushed back to March 5th and I'm pretty sure you guys have already seen the preview trailer for um, Coming to America if you have not I highly suggest you checking that out um and seeing that um, all the same characters that we know and love are back and um, that will be released again March 5th on um, Amazon Prime. The other movie that was pushed back um, that we don't have an exact release date on and I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware that this is coming out but this is um, Judas and the Black Messiah. 
This is a, a biographical drama film based um, on the life of Fred Ham Hampton, um, which I'm super excited about. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is starring in this as well as Keith Stanfield. So I'm a huge fan of both of these gentlemen. And this film was supposed to be released in August of this year, but now it was pushed back until next year. And I believe it may be the first quarter of next year that this film will be released. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think they have a release date just yet, but I believe it may be the first quarter. So when I say first quarter, I mean January, February, or March of 2021. So this is another film for you guys to check out and um, be on the lookout for. It should be on streaming services some way, somehow in the coming new year. The other movie that was pushed back to actually even further the next year, which will be released in 2022, is The Batman. And this is the movie, of course, starring um, Robert Pattinson, but with Zoe Kravitz starring Catwoman, because um, we've talked about our thoughts on, or I gave my thought on Zoe's performance for Catwoman, which I'm curious to see. That's not being released until 2022. So guys, we have some time for these films to come out. And I don't know about you, but I am am highly anticipating a lot of to see a lot of these films that um have been pushed back so drop your comments below and let me know which film um did you watch at home were you are you excited about seeing films at home versus having to go to the theater and seeing it me personally i was a germaphobe prior to COVID being you know um or the pandemic being a thing and me personally having to sit, touch your seat, you know, um, touch your popcorn, eating it with your hands, and then touching soda with the germs on that, and then having to go hand inside. I was already freaked out about that anyway. Um, so that was a whole process for me. So being able to sit at home with my fresh popcorn, with my hands washed, um, watching it is a lot better for me. But that's, hey, I'm a homebody. I like that. No germs. It's me. Anyway, <laughs> let me know what you think or how you feel about that and what movies you enjoyed watching at home with your family. Um, so another thing that came out with this pandemic that has been that has hit Hollywood um, or all companies and businesses um, that alike is the Black Lives Matter protests and movement. Now, for those of you all who don't know, this movement has been going on long before the pandemic, long before then. Honestly, I believe the trigger for this happened, I believe when Trayvon Martin, um, when that trial happened and the murder of Trayvon, that was really the initial kick of the Black Lives Matter movement and protest, which was years ago. Um, however, I will say um, kudos to people who are now aware that Black Lives Matter <laughs> um, I'm being sarcastic when I say that, um, but no, seriously, um, kudos to the people who now are taking initiatives to make sure that they are aware of their input and their impact on what they can do to help change the, the outcome for black people in America, whether that's through the police brutality, whether that's through economics, whether that's through, you know, other ways that you can help um, the marginalized people within this country because we are marginalized. Um, there is a systemic racism that does occur within this country that people don't talk about. I mean, it's not so much, I don't even know, I don't want to go into details, but there is an issue in this country. And whether or not you knew about it prior or you're being educated about it now, great, it's awesome. Um, 
I want to talk about some of the things that the people who I feel two people that did the most or that I saw two projects that came out of 2020 that need to be highlighted. The first up is Miss Ava DuVernay. She launched the LEAP initiative, which is the Law Enforcement Accountability Project. It is to elevate activist storytelling around police brutality and the murder through funding short-term projects in film, theater, photography, fine arts, music, poetry, literature, sculpture, and dance. There was an amazing article that New York Times did with Ava DuVernay. It's entitled Fight for Change on screen and off. I highly suggest you look into that. I was going to actually read the article to you, but instead of, you know, going through that, I think you should really take time out to go read the article. It's about a 15 minute read, if that very good. Um, I'm excited that Ava DuVernay is doing this. I know she's worked on other projects and a lot of her, the theme behind a lot of what she does has to do with um, police injustice in America, as well as reform of a lot of, you know, things that are happening either, whether it's, um, she's using her artistic skills, her film, her direct her her voice in the way that she knows how to do that to be able to help with this program or help um, do other initiatives so definitely I will be on the lookout for that to see what other ways the LEAP program um, hopefully affects change in the industry um, yeah so congratulations thank you Ava DuVernay for doing that and I'll keep you posted on anything that I see um, of initiatives that come out because I will be following Another program that um, has been launched, and this is from via The Hollywood Reporter, is that Michael B. Jordan and Color of Change, they launched the Hashtag Change Hollywood Initiative together, um, which begins with a roadmap for change that lays out tangible ways to invest in anti-racist content and authentic black stories, invest in black talent and reinvest police funds to support black communities. Throughout the project, companies, executives, leadership, staff, and talent will be provided with recommendations as well as forthcoming resources to support follow through, including directories, template, audit analysts, task force, writer's room, and consulting sessions. So I thought that was pretty dope that um, they're also have initiatives similar to Ava DuVernay's that's going to help um, get black stories told in authentic voices. Um, so be on the lookout for some of that. Again, as this progresses, I will be coming back and letting you know of some of these initiatives. Something else that um, struck my, uh, sparked, not my interest, but that I saw that changed is that Netflix launched the Black Lives Matter collection of movies, TV shows, and documentaries. Um... Okay, I guess that's cool. Um, I don't know how I really feel. About it. <laughs> I, uh, thank you. I get I. Mm, Netflix launched the Black Lives Matter collection. I, if you're on YouTube, you see my face. I have nothing else to say about that. Um, okay. They've also, but this is another thing that Netflix is, I'm about, that's nice, you know, but me, your girl, I'm absolutely with the, um, pay me. 
<laughs> show me financially what, what you're going to do to help change because we can talk all day about hashtag this, you know, Black Lives Matter that, but if money is not being put behind or if laws and regulations, if housing programs, if um, educational systems, if other entities that actually are going to help with um, the actual Black Lives Matter movement are not also being money being interjected into these resources the way, you know, when you come up with a new, um, with a new, what, startup company, how thousands and trillions of dollars get invested in that. I would like to see the same for Black Lives Matter and or other organizations that help marginalized people in this country to help level the playing field out here. But, you know, that's just my thoughts. Again, Netflix pledged $5 million to support black creators, youth, um, and black-owned businesses. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, this is not the only initiatives that I, I've seen um, since the, you know, uh, pandemic has happened. But these are initiatives that I did take notice to. And I thought that were some of the top stories that um, caught my eye. So, again... Please comment down below if you have heard about these initiatives, if you think um, it's pretty cool, what your thoughts are about the Netflix launching the Black Lives Matter collection. Were you for it? Were you not for it? Um, as well as them pledging money to um, support black creators. And I will be following up on this. that. I want to see where the money's going and what black creators are you helping and what ways have you helped them and have they um, been supported and uplifted through your platform because of that support. I want to know, as well as your thoughts on Ava DuVernay's project, as well as Michael B. Jordan. Let me know in the comments down below. All right, guys, the next story up that um, was pretty big um, was Quibi. Now, you may not be aware of Quibi, but if you listen to this podcast and you're an avid listener, um, I discussed Quibi when, they, when I first heard about them. Um, for those of you all who are not familiar, they are a state they are, they were, and I'll get into that in a second, a short form streaming platform that generated content for viewing on your mobile devices. Now, this company was founded in 2018 and they launched in April, they launched April 6th of this year, 2020. But basically what happened this year is Quibi failed. Um, they launched again, like I said, in 2000, April 6th of 2020 of this year. And the platform will officially shut down or ha did shut down December 1st of this year. I don't think I was surprised by this. And the only reason why I wasn't surprised, um, before I get into why I wasn't surprised that this happened, I do want to mention that $1.75 billion was um, invested into this company. So this is kind of why, you know, back to the Black Lives Matter kind of thing and the money and there's money out here, people. Trust and believe. You know that with the stimulus checks and how they're creating money out of thin air. Um, I digress. Um, but no, the one point five, the the one point seven five billion dollars that investors had for this particular platform, and the only show that I personally knew about that I can tell you about was the they they redid uh, Punked with Chance the Rapper, um, and that's something I grew up on with Ashton Kutcher. Um, back in my day no uh yeah but punked that's the only show that i knew about was i interested in quibi no and the reason why i was never interested in quibi was because um i net prior to them me talking about it i never saw 
a commercial for Quibi. I think I saw one maybe once, but I don't, I don't have cable as you know, from watching my, or listening to this podcast now watching, you know, um, I stream everything. So if I don't see a commercial regarding that, if I don't see, you know, advertisements outside walking, you know, uh, maybe in the met, well, I don't even take the Metro. I drive to work. So there's not a lot of time for me to see ads and commercials besides being on YouTube or streaming anything there. So if it's not, I didn't see any commercials for this at all. So am I surprised that this happened? No. Um, Quibi banked on celebrity to kind of get this going. And even in that aspect, they had a lot of big stars. I know Idris Elba was one of them, Chrissy Teigen. Um, I didn't see any of them tweet, talk about it, or it may have not been in their contracts to do it, but nothing. And in the fact that the, um, it was a digital platform, it wasn't something that you could stream on your television like we can with YouTube. You can just flick it and, you know, screen it there or do those kind of things. It just, from my understanding, it just wasn't flexible enough as well as the quarantine happened. So this, this particular platform was solely supposed to be or banked on the fact that you are on the go. This is short form content. And do I think it was a good idea in theory? Yeah, sure. On the go content, you can, you know, watch that. But with that being said, you're also, um, competing with platforms that have already been doing this where you have what HBO max. I can look at that on my phone. You have YouTube. I can look at that on my phone. Like, why would I have to, why do I want to invest my time and energy to look at another platform when I have all these other, you know, streaming platforms that I have to have on my phone to look at with, you know, the quarantine and everything happening, no one's commuting anywhere. No one's going anywhere. Everyone's at home. So if you're stuck at home with this app on your phone and you still can't flick it and screen, you know, the content that's there, there again, check out cold fusions, YouTube, um, on that. I'll post the link of the, his particular breakdown on this below is really dope. Um, I'm not surprised at this. Uh, please let me know in the comments below. Have you heard about Quibi? Uh, is that something that you even know about? All right, guys. And the last story that, um, <clears throat> or the last few topics that I want to talk about kind of is that I feel they're going to shift the industry in ways that will be drastically different from what we've seen in the past is that, um, it's kind of what I'm going to talk about now. King of Burst is in, um, huge news the Kenya Burst is in talks of launching a new um studio with Viacom CBS where he'll be an equity partner so that's pretty interesting because just in 2018 Kenya um signed a 100 million dollar three-year deal with Netflix so that means he would have to leave his Netflix deal early in order to um move forward with his contract with uh, Viacom CBS to be able to produce content for them or you know uh with the new studio that he's doing which is huge i mean become an equity partner i don't see i don't know of anyone who has done that in the industry that is that has been known in my awareness of it i i thought think this is like a huge deal so um congratulations to Kenya on this deal um and i can't wait to see what's coming out with that on the flip side of that, um, ABC actually lost Shonda Rhimes to Netflix um, over a $154 ticket to Disneyland. So 
If you um, are not aware, we did report about this, but in 2017, Shonda Rhimes signed a deal with Netflix to produce exclusive content for them for between 100 to $300 million um, deal that she signed with Netflix. We don't know exactly how much. It doesn't matter. She's She got the coins to produce exclusive content for Netflix. Um, and with Shonda Rhimes doing that, she did say that the pace and the constraints of the network television had become too stringent for her life. Um, she felt like she was dying. She explained, like, I had been pushing the same ball up the hill the exact same way for a really long time. Um, so that was the only information that we got out at the time as to why she left ABC. It has now come out that her breaking point was because she asked for an additional ticket to Disneyland, which is $154 so that her sister and her nanny could take her children to Disneyland while she was working or whatever. She was busy doing something and they gave her pushback on that. Um, and so when they finally, you know, decide to give her a ticket to go to the park, um, her sister still was not able to use that additional ticket to get into the park, which is one of the, the perks of working with Disney and being a part of this big conglomerate. Anybody who works for a corporate in corporate America knows you get certain perks. So this is a perk that was added on, um, but she just asked for an additional ticket on top of her perks. And apparently that was a problem. It was so much a problem that the ticket did not work when her sister um, tried to use that ticket to get into the park. With that being said, Shonda picked up the phone, called around, like, hey guys, what's going on? You know, I'm not able to get into the park. My sister's not able to use this ticket that you guys gave her. And the executive came back to her and said, don't you have enough? And for that, we're gonna take a moment of silence. The disrespect on so many different levels that this woman endured by just having that statement brought to her um, is a slap in the face for all the things that Shonda Rhyme has done for the ABC ABC network. Um, And she said that was her breaking point, her last straw as to why she decided to take the deal with Netflix. I have no words for that. I mean, and to be completely honest, in my surprise, being that I've worked in corporate America and I've worked in the industry before, I'm not surprised by this at all. And I'll tell you some horror stories that I've had about, I won't name any names um, at this point, um, but just working with some network executives and things like that, the pressure, um, I don't even know if it's pressure that these people are feeling or what, maybe it's the pressure. Maybe it's just because, you know, I was treated this way. So I'm going to treat you this way. And who do you think you are? I'm bigger than you, whatever it is that goes on within the industry. Um, I'm not surprised by this behavior and that they talk to her this way. Actually, I am surprised they, they spoke to Shonda Ryan. I mean, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised, right? On one hand, I'm surprised because all the things that Shonda Rhimes has done for this network and who she is and her stature and her, you know, the the bomb shit that she's done. On the other hand, it's kind of like, I, it's to be expected. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm gonna move on from that before I say something. Uh, uh, yeah, so we finally found out why she left and went to Netflix. Um, and some of the produced shows that she's going to be coming out with, she'll be hitting Netflix soon. So I definitely will be reviewing that and we'll be talking about that later. 
another gripe. So we're going from positive to negative, positive to negative. Now we're just going negative, negative, negative. All right. <laughs> um, the next story up is um, Dave Chappelle um, boycotting, um, asking people to boycott the Chappelle show. So this was huge because as you know, Dave Chappelle's currently has several of his specials on Netflix, right? Um, the reason why this is huge is because back in the day, prior to streaming, um, HBO, if you wanted to see a comedy special, if you were a comic that wanted to make it, HBO was this place that you need to be. Your special needs to be on HBO, whether that was comedy, whether that was documentary, whether that was TV shows, whether that was whatever you want to, I mean, whatever. HBO was a spot to go. It still is. Don't get me wrong. It still is a great platform to be on, but Netflix is kind of came for HBO's jugular when it comes to the heavy hitters of comedians today, right? So one of those heavy hitters that they were able to snag was Dave Chappelle. So with that, they gave Dave Chappelle this huge deal. Um, however, recently they decided to stream the Chappelle show on Netflix, right? I found that interesting because I, again, I know the backstory of the industry a little bit, right? I know, I know some shit. And one thing I knew for sure around this time that Dave Chappelle did not have was in his contract was streaming rights. So for those of you who are not aware, um, so I, basically I knew that Dave Chappelle was not going to get paid for the Chappelle show being on Netflix. However, I did not know into the depths of that, right? So one particular thing, so the writer's strike happened in 2007 and 2008. The Writers Guild of America striked because they wanted um, to be compensated for new media. New media means streaming. They knew streaming was going to be the new platform in the coming years. Uh, although, you know, the big Netflix and all that, they also came out in Netflix and Hulu started streaming in that same year. So basically the content that you see on TV, writers would get paid for, producers would get paid for, but if that were to move to digital, writers was not a part of that, you know, people, they were not being compensated for those deals. So those of you who are not aware, so what happens is that these big networks, take um, CBS for instance, they have original content being produced at CBS. However, if a Netflix will like a CBS show, they will say, hey guys, can I license this particular show, show XYZ on my platform. Okay, sure Netflix, you can do that, but you're gonna have to pay us X amount of dollars in order to stream it on your platform. So money is being exchanged for content to be streamed on Netflix. With that being said, The Chappelle Show, Netflix did pay a fee for The Chappelle Show to be on Netflix. However, Dave Chappelle, because the Chappelle Show came out in 2003, 2014, way before the Writers Guild strike happened. In his deal, he was he would not get paid for that show being on this platform. And little did I know, he also was not going to be getting paid because he didn't get paid at all. He didn't get any credits for or get paid at all for that show, the Chappelle Show in general. So not only is he not getting the streaming benefits for his show being on there, but he's not getting paid at all, which I didn't think that was the case. I thought just maybe the copyright or like the streaming aspect of that was not, he was not going to get a percentage of that particular portion of it, but he's not getting paid at all for this. So 
With that being said, Dave Chappelle specifically asked everyone to, to boycott The Chappelle Show on Netflix as well as other streaming platforms where The Chappelle Show is being shown. Netflix is not going to want to be on Dave Chappelle's bad side, basically. So, of course, they're going to, you know, negotiate and take it down. Also, HBO Max took the show down as well. So, Dave Chappelle's request went through. Um, I thought that was pretty dope. Um, I think it's really sad and that goes to show how the industry is. Bad contracts, not knowing. Um, go check out Dave Chappelle. He'll go, he'll go into the details as to what happened to him and why he signed the contract and things like that. But unfortunately, this happens all the time in Hollywood. And one of another story that happened um, because this particular person knew her worth and what she wanted and what she valued um, is Michaela Cole. She actually turned down Netflix recently. It was a million dollar deal offer for her um, hit show, I May Destroy You, which is currently now streaming on HBO. So Michaela Cole decided to not go with Netflix as her host for her show, I May Destroy You, because she asked for a percentage of her show and Netflix didn't want to give it to her basically. Mind you, this woman created the show, she wrote the show, she directed on the show, and she starred in it. Like, this is her baby. This is her everything. And it's similar to Dave Chappelle. Like, pay this woman. Like, if this is what she wants, you know, give it to her. And they, they did not want to do it. So I'm going to read a quote that specifically came from... Um, from Michaela's mouth at the creative the creative diversity experience that she was at um and this is via variety and she this is what Michaela Cole said she said um it wasn't just a check I needed to know what was behind the check and exactly how things were operating so I guess I began to question I think that's the difficult bit daring to ask questions that wasn't easy but then the minute you begin to ask you realize that the answers aren't clear for me then it was very easy and i felt incredibly empowered all continues keep asking questions and watch people stutter i begin to enjoy it i begin to enjoy realizing that they thought i was just going to take it and then begin that surprise bitch <laughs> i'm not going to take it and then actually i was really empowered so that was a direct quote that she said um and that goes with anything that you're doing within this industry of broadcast television creativity is always ask questions know your worth get what you want i think prior to going to meetings prior to go, whether you're going on a job interview whether you're working at a big corporation it doesn't matter what you're doing always know your worth and go in knowing what you want write it down on a piece of paper how much money do you want or what is it that you want for this or what equity or what x and always ask questions because people are assuming that you're not going to come to the table they're going to they're going to feed you breadcrumbs and they're going to continue to feed you crumbs if that is what you are going to take like why would i give you more if you're willing to just take the crumbs that i'm willing to give you you know, so I just thought that was really dope of her and the fact that she moved over to HBO and she got what she wanted. All in all, I just wanted to kind of bring these different examples of 
Kenya Barris, his movements of going forward, Shonda Rhimes, how she knew her worth. She decided that this is what she's not going to take. Dave Chappelle standing up and being vocal for the things that he doesn't want to do, as well as Michaela Cole standing up for herself and the things that she's not willing to take in this industry as well. So I thought these four stories were great um, turning points and hopefully examples to show people who want to be in this industry, who are currently in the industry, to use your voice, stand up for what you want, and go for it, um, all in all. <laughs> um, so with that being said, guys, if you're watching me on YouTube, thumb this video, you know, give me a thumbs up, um, as well as leave a comment below on any of the topics that we talked about, whether that is the pandemic, the hits um, of the movie theaters being shut down, what movies you watched at home with your kids and family, as well as the Black Lives Matter movement and the aftermath of April DuVernay's Leap Project and Michael B. Jordan's In the Color of Change, hashtag Hollywood initiative, um, the Quibi being shut down after a few months of being open and launched, crazy and Kenya Burr, Shonda Rhimes, Dave Chappelle again and Michaela Cole's story. Please leave a comment below. Let me know how you um, like it. If you like the visual side of this podcast now um, and just say hi, if anything, just say what's up. Um, again, thank you for joining me. I'm Antoinette and this is Black and Behind the Scenes and I'll see you next time.